Hi everyone, Tom here. Before we go to this week's episode, I just wanted to give you all an apology in advance. Due to a slight technical fault, otherwise known as finger trouble, I set my microphone to record the ambient level rather than my headset this week, so as a result I sound like I'm recording the entire episode in a toilet. I assure you that is not the case, and I apologise in advance for the poor sound quality of this week's episode. Please enjoy the episode anyway. And don't forget to wash your hands. Hi everyone and welcome to the monkey seat. We're back again with all the news and rumours surrounding all motorsport as we guide you through the torrential showers of the pandemic and back to real life. My name is Tom. And I'm Carl and we come together to entertain you with our podcast We're Separated by the Blustery Irish Sea. This is a fully independent advertisement free podcast loosely associated with the wonderful affordable rocket phones. For legal reasons they did not pay me to say that. And presented by two opinionated friends who'd like to put the world to rights. Feel free to get in touch with us on Twitter, Instagram or Facebook at MonkeySeatPod. You can email us at MonkeySeatPodcast.gmail.com Or you can find us on MonkeySeatPod.com I don't know why I do that every week like that. Not a clue. Why did that take so many attempts to get that right today? I don't know. Well, hopefully it doesn't sound like it edits. <laughs> you, yeah. Have you got your teeth that. in now? Have no. you actually got your teeth in no. now? No, well, it's, it's in the evening and I'm not very good mm. in the evenings. Yeah, it's still light, but it's still the evening. Yeah, it's it's been... I mean, we've got flood warnings all around here at the moment. Yay. It's been... I mean, I'm shocked. I'm like, I'm in Ireland. Of course we've got flood warnings. But, That's true. But also, have they not worked out how to deal with rain? <laughs> is that not one of the major things about <laughs> Ireland? Is rain? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we are dealing with rain. Um, although, saying mm. that, the sun's out. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's fine now, but today we've been having literally biblical rain. Oh, really? It's been, it's, it was like red hot sun and then biblical rain and then red hot sun and then quick shower and then thunder. The clouds were so low earlier, you could actually kind of see through them from an angle. They were that low. It was really random. And then, yeah, the rain was, was heavy. The pond we've overflowed. Just had, the pond overflowed. We've just had... Great. Is there any fish in that pond? I feel we need to resurrect some fish. No, there's no fish. I feel we need to resurrect some fish. I'm going to buy you big some fish. I'm going to no, buy some don't. fish it's for not, a wedding it's, present. It's not, big, it's not big enough. It's not big enough for fish. You'd just be being cruel to them. They'd be like battery fish. I'll be going down there like getting their eggs out Have every day. Have you seen like my, um, my goldfish in his tiny tank? Seriously, it's not that much bigger than a fish tank. It looks quite big. No, it's not that big. It's about a third of the size of the old one. Have you got a proper fire pit yet? Well, we have a fire pit area, and then we've um, we've got like a little a little one on a stand that we put in there to burn stuff with. But it's not really burning stuff weather at the moment. Um, you do realise that we're meant to be talking about Formula One and sports, yeah. and racing, and currently yeah. we've talked about the weather. And I mean, that's probably well, sentiment British, so. as 
well, yeah, that's probably sentiment as to how boring the Spanish Grand Prix was. Well, that's all they were doing during the race, talking about the weather that never came. <laughs> never came. Yep. I mean, even I could tell them. I could tell them that weather wasn't coming. You could see it all around the mountains. It was obvious it was never going to rain. And and they were just building up all oh, rain in 15 laps. And yeah, whatever. It's not going to rain. Do you know what? This was the first time I've ever watched. I watched all the FPs. Really, I didn't. I watched FP one, FP two, FP three, and qualifying and the race. I didn't nice. actually watch any of F two and F three. Somehow, because I, I watch it live, I have to watch it live. I just catch whatever I catch, mm. and I didn't see any um, F two or F three. But I did see all the FPs, um, mm. and Jesus Christ, those commentators just go off on one. Well, they are filling, aren't they? There's not really an awful lot to talk about. Yeah. I had a right game changer because I never used to be able to listen to him because obviously I'm I'm out and about a lot during the practice sessions. Yeah. But um, I uh, I discovered that you can get simple free apps where you can lock your screen and black your screen out without it actually locking the screen. So I can wander around with Sky Go on my Bluetooth <laughs> headphones and listen to the practice sessions and I listen to the F3 Race 1 live and I listen mm. to the... Uh, F2 live instead of catching up when I got home. So, yeah, it was it was great. Real game changer. So I'm going to listen to everything live now because I have 80 gigabytes of data a month to use, so I may as well use it on something. So I'm unlimited, completely unlimited on uh, in England, right. on my English phone and Irish phone. Mm. Um, but that's a good idea. Like, I just get so fed up. I, I just, they were just rambling on about the most random things. And they had, um, what's his name this week, didn't they? Um, Rosberg. Rosberg. Rambling. Yeah, I actually like. I, was, I like Rosberg as a pundit. I liked Rosberg, but he was he was paramount on telling us. Oh, what was he paramount on telling us? This one thing that every. I need to explain something he kept going on about. What was it he kept having to explain about? Um, oh, I'm gonna. It will come back to me. What was it? How amazing been, Lewis is, which is what makes him so amazing that you beat him. Uh, no, it was. It was an understanding. It was where was it? And and the, it was. I don't like his voice. I don't like the way he he where, he was the same whenever he was on the podium. It's like his media voice. If you see him talking in normal conversation, he's fine. But then when he's when he's talking like on the podium or in an interview or when he's broadcasting, he kind of goes up a pitch and he's he's it's difficult to explain. He's kind of like at the top level of his range all the time. And he's like, yes, well, you're so fake. So fake. But he wasn't too bad. He wasn't Yeah, I say I liked his analysis. I just don't like his voice. He's like David Beckham. I mean, I prefer his voice due to... What's the guy called? David Croft? No. Paul Dresta? Martin Brundle? No, come on. What, what? The Just one the that, voice in general. I the one he can't. Billody. <laughs> Who else? Karim, Karim, Karim. Karim, Karim Shandok. Yeah, can't stand his voice. That's just because you're racist. No, it's not. He just he's because he's obviously of Indian, yeah, I guess Indian royalty. But he's obviously been brought up in, in England or uh, has spent a long time in private schools in England. Mm-hmm. Um, he just has that really plummy Asian voice, and it really, really confuses me. Um, but yeah, anyway. Um, okay. Anyway, should we talk about Formula One? Why? Because nothing happened. 
Well, oh, actually, sorry. It's, sorry, it's, it's it did. It did happen. But it happened if you between four and and ten. Otherwise, it was a normal Formula One race. Oh, it was boring at the front. You, it was boring at the front. Yeah, but it's it's a race. There's more than one person in a race. I know. And there, was, but there was stuff going on. I should care about who's winning. through the who field. That, fifth. that was probably probably the third best race of the season. We and when it comes we've only to got five. <laughs> six. 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 So it's in the top half of races so far this season. And it's, you know, there was, yeah, there wasn't a lot of, there was no crashes or anything like that. But it was oh, a really sorry, interesting. Oh, sorry, I wasn't worried about the crashes. I, I just it think. It was an interesting race. A lot of stuff was going. It was a very strategic race. And, you know, if you take Hamilton out of that race, I know it's very difficult to say that because, you know, he's in the best car and he's a class above, so he was going to Well, he win. was out of that race. He, he, he just but leapt to if, the front yeah. and that was it. So, I mean, he was lapping people that were in fifth or fourth. I think he got up to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's only in the top three. To the on the lap. But yeah. you take him out of that race and that is, you know, everyone will be saying what a, what a classic race that was, how good that race was. You know, Verstappen taking the lead from Bottas and then, yeah. you know, Stroll and Perez fighting out. And everyone will be saying what a great race it was. It's only because there was no race for the lead that people say it's yeah, boring. Now, is, Spain normally is... I don't think is, it's boring. I just think it, it just loses... You want to have a fight for a winner. You don't normally like in the Premier League. You don't really care about the midfield. It's you know it's or in in athletics. You certainly don't care about who came fifth, sixth, seventh. You care about who came one, two, three. No, but in, in team sports, every every constructor's position and every driver's position in the championship is important. You try telling Reading fans that. You know, the the middle doesn't matter. Now, you know, it's like Reading a perennial tenth to eighteenth place finishers, and you know, there's there's only one driver can win out of twenty. So out of those other nineteen, every week there is a there is a a big battle as to you know who is going to be in that top ten, who is going to be you know who's going to avoid getting that last place, which team is gonna is is gonna jump to ninth in the championship, all that kind of thing. There's, there's a lot of stuff going on in there. And I thought, as as far as Spain goes, it's a track that is incredibly. It's a rubbish track. It's in, it's incredibly aero dependent, and when these cars are so aero dependent themselves, it makes the the track fundamentally incredibly difficult for these yeah. current generation of Formula One cars to race on. Even when the cars weren't heavily reliant on downforce, they still struggled to pass at Barcelona. So it's just, I, I, as a track, I don't like it. I never have done, to be honest. No, I like mean, even back in the nineties when they raced there, I never liked it. But they, I mean, they changed the track and put in that um, chicane to slow down to that last corner. Well, that's been there for a long time. But, that's been but there. As you, long I don't know why remember. it's there. You can easily. It's a very clumsy around. corner, and it's yeah. you know it's it's on a camber as well, and it's it's a very difficult. It's a very difficult corner, but not difficult in a good way. Difficult in a we're going to screw up the flow of the cars and kind of way it's not really a yeah. it's not an exciting corner of any description at all what even without um, the yeah the, i don't know what they can do that whole third sector is pretty terrible but um equally like there's they could do something but there's nowhere to with, go because they're on that hill yeah they, they, really got the they need to do to more on. with turn one if they can make turn one much sharper because i mean it's, it's basically it's like cops turn one you can take it almost flat you're barely lifting so you need to do something with turn one they need to make it narrower and sharper 
um, to make it more exciting for turn one. Now, we did see some overtaking in turn one, but that's mostly down to DRS, and you know my feelings on DRS. As soon as we can get rid of it, we should. Um, but there's other areas of the track as well. It's just a long sweeping turn. It's just it doesn't aid for it creates such a wake that the cars, if you're five seconds behind the car in front, then you're in dirty air. It's not a great not a great track. So it's um, I, I just think Formula One modern Formula One cars aren't suited to that track. Ma- that might change. That might there? change. Well, because it's well, it's is now a classic circuit. Um, but it it might change in 2022. It might that might lend to better overtaking. But again, it wasn't great in the 90s. It's never been great for overtaking. The only time so that race is good. Year of shit race. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean Monaco's always shit. So yeah, but Monaco, Monaco has the. F- yeah, but Monaco. No one likes Monaco. Everyone loves Monaco. I don't Who? know why. I can't stand Who? it. Who likes Monaco? Well, ev- like- everyone linked with the sport that doesn't care about the sport loves Monaco. It's not. But, a, it's not a race circuit. It's an event. Yeah. It's not a race yeah, circuit. That's it's what, an yeah. exhibition. Yeah, that's what like, it is. None and of the I, races you know, as like I've it. said none before, of the teams like it. as I've said before on this podcast, I I am fine for Monaco to be the outlier as an event in the Formula One yeah. calendar. Yeah, but it's not. It's it, it is a demonstration. It's an event. It's not. It's not an exciting Grand Prix unless it rains. It is not an exciting Grand Prix, and it never will be because it's not suited for Formula One. And it's but, not a rainy place, it really, is it? So, it does rain sometimes, but yeah. I mean, maybe go there in December. That'd be good. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah there's, there's a non-championship the race in December. When when is it? Normally, it's May, isn't it? It's normally um, around Silverstone time. Yeah, May June. Like that's sort of, the, I suppose, that's the beginning of December. Why don't they put it in? at the beginning or the end of the season where anyway possibly because it's too dangerous <laughs> maybe <laughs> you know it's possibly or... yeah okay yeah. so should we go into our into the review then go on the race then. just to start things off okay this is going to be quite a challenge because I, I i clocked in at two minutes and 10 seconds and that was with me doing it in my head as well so it's yeah. probably going to be a bit i might end up overshooting on this so if I'm talking a bit fast, <laughs> That's what she I know. Said. If uh, if I'm talking a bit fast, then um, that's the reason. So let's see how we go. Hamilton led from pole and disappeared into turn one. Bottas failed to pick up a toe, uh, and Verstappen, Stroll, and Perez all went past. Bottas managed to squeeze back ahead of Perez, but his race was now majorly compromised. Max followed by Lewis uh, followed Lewis through the opening stages with Hamilton managing his pace. Bottas strolled past Stroll, no pun intended, uh, under DRS and set after Verstappen. Albon bottled up behind the racing points, stopped early on lap 17 to undercut, but strangely fitted the hard tyres and emerged in 16th. Max appeared to have some bodywork fly off his car. Closer investigation revealed that he had thrown his dummy out about the state of his tyres, with <laughs> Hamilton now visually driving away from him. Uh, he boxed on lap 22 of a 1.9 second pit stop and beat Stroll to slot into third. The Mercs double stacked the following lap, but Hamilton's stop was more than twice as long as Verstappen's. Albon wasn't making any headway in his strat- and his strategy and was stuck in the midfield. Max had another radio rant to his engineer and told him his engineer told him to get his head down. Uh, I think he wanted his bot bot. We all know, all know how much he likes to hydrate. Perez stopped and set off to stroll, but was not able or allowed to pass. Not sure which. He turned his attention to conserving the tyres in an effort to one stop. Norris, Leclerc, Gasly and Albon were having a titanic battle in midfield that lasted several laps until Leclerc had an electrical fault which caused his engine to die and him to spin. 
He got the engine going again but had to pit because his seatbelts were undone and retired in the pits. Verstappen made another two second pit stop to avoid the undercut and go on to the end. He seemed to have the measure of Bottas but had no answer for Hamilton. Bottas put the soft tyres on, on, on to attack but the tyres had no pace. Albon and Sainz battled lap after lap and after the second stop Sainz began to pull away from Albon. With Leclerc out, for I remembered they had another driver in the race and asked Vettel how he was doing. Unfortunately, they'd sent their pit crew home for the day, so I asked him if he could do 36 laps on the set of softs. He made it work somehow and finished seventh. Bottas set the fastest lap on new tyres right at the end, with the top three drivers the only one in the lead lap. Perez one stop strategy would. No. Not quite. Almost made it. Perez's one stop strategy would have seen him finish ahead of Stroll, but he got a five second penalty for ignoring blue flags. Ocon was also in the race. <laughs> Damn! So close! So close. So close. Um, right. What the hell was going on with Red Bull? I mean, um, yeah. they did the most amazing... Like, I, It's like a tale of two cities, almost. They did the most amazing pit stop and teamwork on Verstappen and then brought Albin in again. This is the second, possibly third time they've done this, where they bring him in really early and stick him on the hards and send him out. And these yeah. are the hards that everyone complains about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what is I going think on? This weekend has proved beyond all shadow of a doubt that Red Bull Racing are the best team when the car is stationary. <laughs> yes. Granted. Yeah. No, it's um, Albon. I, it's the not, thing I, is, right? It's not even Albon's fault. I can't even have a go at Albon because actually he drove all right. Oh, I can. I can okay, have a go at Albon. So Albon was following the racing points. This is my first conversation point. Um, Albon was following the racing points and, and stuck up behind them. This is the same the same car that Max Verstappen, when he was ranting to his engineer, said, um, I, I don't care if I come up behind the racing points. We have a much bit quicker car. I'll just drive straight past them. Yeah. So, okay, so this is the same car. So Albon should just be able to drive straight past them because he's got a much quicker car. Um, he was stuck behind them, couldn't couldn't get ahead of them, and he was on the same tyres. He was on a hiding to nothing. So Red Bull, like they have often done very, very well, decided let's try something different. Let's put him on a contrary strategy. Let's undercut them. So you think, okay, bring him in early, stick him on the mediums, all the softs, stick him on the softs again, uh, undercut them, they have to box, and then he'll just slot in ahead of them because he's got superior pace. However, they brought him out in a, you know, with a reasonable pit stop, they brought him out in a massive gaggle of cars and put him in 16th just behind Magnussen. <laughs> and they had to fight his way back yeah, up. But, you know, if, if it had been on That's soft tyres, that Albert's wouldn't have been so fine. bad. That wouldn't have been so bad because he would have had another, you know, another second and a half per lap pace and could have then battled but he was on the hard tyres so he couldn't do that there's nothing he could do he had his hands tied but, so that's what I'm saying yeah but, but firstly he couldn't get past those racing points which you know everyone says about how Albon is very racy and that's why Red Bull like him so they put him into traffic so he can pass people which he couldn't do granted he was handicapped by his tyres then he was fighting later on the race he was fighting sights which would have been for de facto sixth position, which is where he started, would have been a good recovery from a bad strategy. He was fighting with, with him. He was on the, the longer hard tyres and Science was on the soft tyres, which were starting to go off. They both stopped around the same time. Science was still ahead of Albon, both fitting brand new medium tyres to go to the end of the race, and Science drove away from Albon. Yeah. And, you know, he finished, what, 15, 10, 15 seconds ahead? Because yeah. he passed um, he passed Vettel, and Albon couldn't get past Vettel. 
Yeah, yeah, and he, he went up behind Stroll, and I was like, this, "This is, you know, you can't say that that Red Bull is a slower car than McLaren because it, it, you know, it isn't. There is nothing about that Red Bull that is a slower or car than slower than car than the Ferrari that's having yeah. issues and he with couldn't his get, tires. He couldn't get past on on medium tires that had been on for twenty laps. He couldn't get past a Ferrari that had done thirty six laps on soft tires. That car should have he should have he should have driven past him like he wasn't even there." And he couldn't get past him. And he couldn't get past... You know, he, science drove away from him. I'm, I'm sorry, it's just... I don't get Albon. I don't get what his position in the team is. I don't get what... You know, I, I love the I fact that the Red Bull are actually is, sticking with him. But they need to they need to do something. Because he's, he's not doing his job. Yeah. But they don't help the situation either. Which, you know... I, I get what you're saying there. But that's because you're analysing. And they're obviously going to analyse that a lot more than than the bona fide watcher but like why yeah i just i just don't get that pit strategy and why almost shit him up enough to do that you know to not let him into that position to push him yeah it's i don't because it's not pushing him putting hmm. him in 16th is not going to help him yeah, in my feeling, especially Albert. on those tires. If they have free air and they thought, you know what, let's get him to the end on these hard tires. Let's one stop him in some free air. Yeah. He can look after the tires, nurse it, and go to the end. Let's be honest, one stop strategies work really well. I think what four drivers did one stop strategies, and three of those and drivers gained Vettel, positions. Really. Yeah. Three of those cars gained positions on one stop strategies. Vettel gained four places. Even even Ocon, who was actually in the race, gained two positions. Well, I'm surprised he was in the race, having looked at him in FP two. FE3 yeah. when he decides <laughs> to whack it into a wall funny. because he went right instead funny. of left with Magnussen slowed down. Why did he go right? Why did he go into a wall when there was a massive runoff area to the left? Well, he basically, it's, it's that thing. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure we've all. Been, we've, <laughs> been, a wall. we've been we've been driving along the road, and then it's like you know, there's there's nothing ahead of us, nothing around us. We get complacent, and then you know, yeah. We shouldn't do it, but we've all done it at some point where we've like we've been twigging with the radio, or you know, you 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 just adjust something on the sat nav, or or God forbid, you do something with your phone, um, and then all of a sudden you just look up and oh, there's a traffic island, or oh, there's a yeah. car that's that's slammed on his brakes, and yeah. then you just do that last minute weave. That's all he's done. He wasn't looking because <laughs> he slowed down to let Magnussen go past. Cause he's on a quick lap. Magnussen obviously bailed out of it. And then he slowed right down, moved to the middle of the track like he should have done. Because he was letting the Williams just... through. Yeah, but he's just... And then he's just completely dropped it. He's just like... He's been like, ah, shit! And just throwing it into the wall. <laughs> ah, shit, whoa! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it was yeah. just a bit like, uh, you can drive... You can tell he drives on the left. Um, no, he probably doesn't. He probably drives on the right. Where is he it was a very, very random thing. But yeah. funny, funny nonetheless. Um, what is up with Ocon? What is up with his pace? He's, he's it's the same so, with Magnussen. Yeah. It's the same with Magnussen. Same with a lot well, of Well, Magnussen's showing right. some pace sometimes. <laughs> yeah, but, but, then, Ocon but then the hazards all just vanish. She's like, oh, oh, we're doing quite well. We're doing quite well. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's, I mean, that's more um, that's more the, the car than the driver in that one. But Ocon, yeah. like Ricardo is absolute. I mean, I think it's just down to Ocon just is not as good a driver as, as, as Ricardo. Yeah, I, I mean, it'll be interesting to see next year as to whether... <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. Who stays, especially as, you know, you're going to have Norris and Ricardo in the McLarens, which are going to be really interesting. Do you know what I think might happen? What? In the next season, 
I think um, Pierre Gasly is going to be very aware that he is not going to be wanted for the Red Bull program because Albon will be dropped and then they'll recruit from outside and then Gasly will be like, oh, okay, you know, I've been... Even though Gasly's doing brilliant. Gasly has been one of the best drivers this season, but I can't see Red Bull putting him back in. I think Gasly will be looking for something else. Um, and proving that to other teams that he's more than just a Red Bull Junior. And I think he is more than just a Red mm. Bull Junior. And hopefully, I mean, given that Renault have got the whole kind of um, Team France thing, they wanted the whole Team France thing going on. So they've got Alonso, they'll have Ocon in there. Ocon will be absolutely destroyed by Alonso, and then they'll think, we need someone else. We can't really yeah. drop Ocon because we need a Frenchman. Oh, wait, that Gasly guy, he's quite rapid. He's French. Let's get him in. Yeah. I can see that happening. I really can. And then dropping dropping Ocon at the end of his two-year contract and then getting Gasly in. Uh, unless Ocon really does measure up against Alonso. Which he won't. He can't measure up against Ricardo. And do you know what? I would like to see Gasly outside of the Red Bull programme. I'd like to see what he can do. Yeah, he seems to be stuck in that. Spreading his wings and... Yeah. and uh, no, Red Bull gives him. you wings. <laughs> yeah. I suppose Red Bull's <laughs> given him the wings. He now needs to spread mm. them. Um... So, did you see the Grosjean swipe on Raikkonen? Uh, I must have seen it. Can't it was another horrific moment from the head of the driver, you know, the GDPA. He basically, he just swiped across Raikkonen and nearly had an airplane crash with him again. Just like, seriously, dude, you just need to fuck off out of my sport. I'm just, I'm just so done with Grosjean. I've been done with him for years, but he always just shows a little bit of pace here and there. I'm just done with him now overall. I just, He's Hass, isn't he? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's why he's French. He's raced for Renault twice and been sacked twice. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I, am just done with Grosjean. I just, I just. There's a quite a few drivers I want to see at the end of at the end of either this year or next year just drop out of the sport. And that's yeah. Ocon, Grosjean. I'm not racist against French. I promise you. I just don't <laughs> like those two drivers. Um, and then you've got Giovinazzi. Raikkonen's had his day. It's time for him to go. Raikkonen has had his day now. Yeah, I think. I mean, given he'd that the cars be better doing change, other things. Given that the cars aren't going to change next year, um, he's. Can you see a forty-two-year-old or forty-one-year-old Kimi Raikkonen wanting to drive around at the back for another season, knowing that car is going to be no better? Yeah. I can't see it. So I want him gone. Um, I think Vettel may stay, but again, I think this week has proven again to me I'm not fussed about Perez. He brings a lot of yeah. money to the sport. If, if if Hulkenberg can come into that car and comprehensively put Stroll in the shade, yes, I know Stroll beat him Stroll overall in the race, yeah. but but we know why that is. We all know why Stroll beat Hulkenberg in the race, let's be honest, yeah, and it wasn't because Hulkenberg had yeah. vibrations. Yeah. Hulkenberg, over a season, would absolutely destroy Stroll, and I thought Perez would do the same, and he hasn't, and that's not because Stroll's getting better. It's because Perez really isn't that good. Because let's be honest... Ocon was beating Perez when they were teammates. Yeah. And look how good Ocon's doing. He's not yeah. that great either. So I, I would like, to be honest, I want Seb to sign for for Aston Martin and, to be honest, give Perez a year at Haas, show that there's nothing really much better at Haas and then maybe go to IndyCar or, or something like that, take his money somewhere else. Because if he didn't bring money, he wouldn't be in Formula 1. That's... Yeah, but then Daddy And that's what we... And that's what we moan. Boy, that's what we we moan about Stroll. Stroll. Yeah. Well, no, I'm talking about Perez here. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But Stroll is yeah, no it's the better. Same with Stroll. Yeah, but Stroll brings more money, so he's more valuable, <laughs> and he is young. 
Yeah, but and actually, he was doing all right this week. He didn't. Yeah, to be he fair, wasn't too bad this week. Actually, he was. He was, actually quite he was good in it. my thoughts. I'm going. This is going to shock you. For Troll was day. in my thoughts for driver of the day, and I've never said that. Well, he did it. He actually drove well. He didn't do anything wrong. He couldn't manage his tires. Perez destroyed him on the tire front, and it was yeah. only only the five second penalty, which he deserved. I didn't think he yeah. did at first, but then when I look back at it. It was two thirds of the lap. Yeah. Two thirds of the lap he had Hamilton. He was shown his first blue flag at turn six. It's nineteen turns on that corner yeah. on that track. You're supposed to re- relinquish your position within four corners or four blue flags. Four marshal posts. You're allowed to go past before but you he get went, a penalty. He did. He did. You saw the last one, and then he did move over. No, because they continued to show it. I think it was five. He went oh, past. Right. But oh, it was right. turn six. He got his first one, and it was turn. It was turn one, and there's a nineteen corner race. It was turn one that he let Hamilton through, because oh, right. he thought that's going to be the time that that they're both going to lose the least time. But I don't buy yeah. that. It's, you just get out of the way. Yeah. So, yeah, that was. Um, yeah, I just like it was grand race. I just I, it sort of the the midfield's where it's at. I'm gutted. The I I mean, what is wrong with Ferrari? What is yeah. wrong with Ferrari? I joked about it, about the whole, you know, sending the pit crew home and everything. But it's basically what had happened. They, they, they didn't care. Remember, like, last year, a no, year before last, where they would just forget that Raikkonen was in the race, seemingly. <laughs> and, and it's just like, oh, yeah, they're, they're leaving Raikkonen out there to, to mess up Mercedes' strategy. No, they just forgot he was there. It's... <laughs> it's and they're, and they're then, doing like, that with Beth now. It's, like going... it's almost like they haven't got enough money. They spend too much money on tight trousers, and they haven't got enough money to pay two two people to to do strategy. But like Vettel turned around and went, "So what's going on with my tires? Am I coming in? How are we going to manage this? Or am I going to stay out? How are we going to do this?" And then about five laps later, "So what do you think, um, Seb, about staying out? Or what do you think we should be doing?" It's like for fuck's sakes, like the poor guy, and like. 36 laps and I'll say a soft. He deserves a medal for that performance. I mean, what, like, I mean, he won driver of the day, the official driver of the day. And he and is my driver of the day. He is my yeah, driver of the day as well. Yeah, I think he's my driver of the day, actually. You I know, think the best drive of the day was Hamilton because he was just in an, on another level. Oh, but another but level, because of everything else that's gone on with, with Seb and the way that he's, what he was being subjected to from his team, he definitely deserves driver of the day. Grosjean Decker today for for being a swipey McGee again. He just needs to learn. But if you think about, um, but also what, like Charles Leclerc's, oh Charles Leclerc, whatever his name is, that he can't pronounce mm. his own bloody name properly. Um, mm. Charlie Leclerc, what the hell is going on with his engine just stopping? Like that's an electric. It was an electrical have those, fault. Yeah, but well, Ferrari you... shouldn't have those electrical faults. That's well, ridiculous. No, yeah, but saying that, no. though, basically you're saying there that no one should ever have a reliability issue. No. But what shouldn't have happened... Plainly useless liability. To be honest, what shouldn't have happened is Leclerc shouldn't have undone his seatbelt because he thought he was getting out of the car when he's sitting on a yeah. live track and it's only double yellows. The track hadn't been neutralised. There was no virtual safety car, no, no full yeah. safety car. He should not have undone his belts, which is what he did. Especially he when he, he then was trying the to start it again. Yeah, and then obviously he used his energy recovery system to start start the thing back up again because it, it popped back into life. Um, 
And then, like, he's not wearing any belts. The G's that you pull in that car, he should not have driven it at all with his belts undone. He should have just got out of the car or, at absolute worst, just cut across the pit lane entry and drive down the pit lane at 50 miles an hour. That's what he should have done. But he didn't. He did an entire lap before he came back in to get his seatbelt sorted out. And that was incredibly unsafe. And I think it's actually... Do you, I don't know if you remember, was it either last year or the year before, Hamilton got in a bit of hot water because he, he won a race and he loosened his belts so that he could lean out of the car a little bit and wave to the fans. And he got in a bit of trouble for that because they're saying you shouldn't be loosening your belts to um, to lean out of the car, even on the slowdown lap. This is on a live racetrack when people were going 200 miles an hour and he was driving yeah. with the seatbelts undone. I don't know how undone they were, but even so, that is ridiculous. He should not have been on that track. He was a massive then danger to himself. What was going on? Why did yeah? Why did the? I just don't get it. Like what? Why? Ferrari didn't either. Like there must be a sensor on that. I mean, there's sensors all over that thing that that the guys must know that the seatbelt is has come off in the engineers. You know. Yeah, but no, it was the, the player undid them. Why they didn't tell him to stop? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah I, I, don't, I don't a, know if a I don't know if there's back. a sensor. Why he well didn't be. say. Why they didn't say stop? Yeah, I'm sure there is. Stop the car, your belts are undone. Pull over in a safe place, your belts are undone. Yeah. Or why they? Or we? I mean, they knew F1 uh, commentators knew that his belts were undone before he got into the pits because they spoke about it. So he said over the radio. He said over the radio, his belts were undone. So then, at that point, as soon as you go, get over, pull over somewhere, Mm. pull over. It's not safe. Pull over. Yeah. Like, why would you allow them to then carry on? Because oh, Ferrari. Ferrari, a bunch of knob cheeses. Absolute fecking bellend knob cheeses. I swear to God, they're getting worse and worse and worse. And I thought, you know, I thought, no, I'm not going to bash Ferrari. I know they get a bad rap from us English, but they're not helping the situation here at all. You know, they are just being Ferrari Bellens, and I can't quite work out how they're even. I mean, there's your dick of the day. Ironically, it's a Ferrari. The whole of fecking Ferrari's dick of the yeah, day. Yeah, you could say that. You know. So that's your no Ferrari's one, your dick of the day. There's not a single person. Yeah, like there's not a single member of Ferrari, possibly apart from Seb, that is any use. I don't know why they're even there. Well, I Leclerc's mean, obviously a talent. We can't we can't deny that he's obviously a talented driver. Sorry, he is, but he's also he's also a dick. That does not, you know, dick versus being being any good are two different things. He's just not any use of being a nice person or a nice, you know, being a courteous driver or actually. Yeah, no, I don't think again, he, he seems like a nice. A he seems race. like a nice lad. He does seem like a nice lad, but he's yeah. yeah I, I get what you mean. Like when it comes to um, just the way he presents he himself and handles himself, and yeah. like the whole thing with the with that you know recreating that film at Monaco and everything yeah. you know that he was doing that with with no social distancing that annoyed me. The fact that he went home between the Grand Prix and didn't social distance and went out partying that really annoyed me. And yeah. You know, so where I does that leave it? Leave the standings then. Let's have a look at the standings. So we've got Lewis Hamilton on top. Racing point third. I know that. 
Yeah, Hamilton on top with 132 right. points, with Max Verstappen second with 95 points. And he's we've catching got six. Up. Yeah, well, he's not catching up. Hamilton's pulling away. It was the gap was 30 points. It, it was 30 yeah. points at the last race, and it's now 37 because uh, Hamilton came first and Verstappen came second. Oh, right. um, so that's what five races yeah. I think he needs. He needs Verstappen needs to beat Hamilton in five races, first to second, to catch up with him. I can't see that yeah. happening anytime soon. Hamilton has a DNF; it's straight back open again. But he hasn't had a DNF yeah, since Austria twenty eighteen. Austria two thousand eighteen was the last time Hamilton didn't finish a race, and before that he went like a twenty odd. 25 odd race streak before that before that the previous time he didn't finish was Malaysia 2016 when he lost the championship to Nick Rosberg it's about time he has a DNF yeah he seems to like one a year one every two years he seems to have just putting it out there I mean there was the um, there was the German Grand Prix last year where he finished outside the points but because the was it the Alphas got disqualified he ended up getting put back in the points again because he finished 11th and then was originally was finally classified 9th yeah. Um, but yeah, Bottas on 89 points in third now. Um, what's that for? Like 40, 40 something points behind Hamilton. Yeah. That's that's a bit of a bit of an ask. Way back in fourth, Charles Leclerc on 45 with Lance Stroll up to 40 points now, just five points behind him. Good effort. Um, Alex Albon in sixth with 40 points with Lando Norris on 39. That's a lovely little battle there. Uh, Norris just six points behind Stroll. Nor- Norris was third. So sorry, one point. One point. Norris behind was Stroll. fourth. Sorry, Norris was yeah. fourth. So he's having. Yeah. He's not having. He's his. He's sort of. Well, that McLaren. Well, no, that McLaren started off very well. They overachieved. I mean, Zach Brown says it himself. They overachieved at the start of the season. They should be finishing at best seventh and eighth. That's yeah. where they should be finishing. Because they're not quicker than the racing points, the Red Bulls or the Mercedes. Anything above 7th and 8th and they have overachieved. So the fact they've got a 3rd place, 4th place, 5th place, you know that, that's, that's good. And Carlos Sainz finishing 6th, that's good as well. Um, so yeah, Carlos, sorry, Lando Norris, yep, 39 points. Perez just back on 32 points. Then it's Carlos Sainz on 23. So he's a little way back, but I think he will catch up with Lando and that'll be a close race to the finish there between those two yeah. Ricardo on 20 Vettel 16 points now moved ahead of Ocon for final race positions on 16 also Gasly 14 Hockenberg with 6 points Giovinazzi 2 Kvyat 2 Magnussen 1 everyone else with none which is Raikkonen Latifi Russell and Grosjean is at the very bottom so Russell is 20th in the championship but he's not last Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Constructors Championship, uh, obviously Mercedes, Red Bull, uh, Racing Point, point ahead of McLaren, who are a point ahead of Ferrari. So that that is that battle I said about. My only disappointing part of that really is is Renault are, are quite a way back on thirty six points. They've they so they just didn't show McLaren. up. McLaren sixty two was well, Racing Point sixty three. McLaren sixty two. Ferrari sixty one. Oh wow! And out of that. I think that is the order. I mean, I think the Ferrari at race pace is quicker than the McLaren, but the McLaren is a quicker qualifier. So that is going to be an interesting battle. But Renault... also, Mercedes only race one driver. So, <laughs> well, yeah. You say that though. Bottas is still finishing ahead of the McLarens every week. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, you got Renault back to 36 uh, yeah, points. Yeah, but hang on, Bottas is is in the game a lot of the time, and they do they don't. Okay, we all know Hamilton's the favourite, but Mercedes aren't screwing Bottas over no. every week. No. Yes, last last race it was a bit. He got slightly screwed over, but this race he didn't. You know. Yeah, he just. I mean, yeah, to be honest, just what he, was, he had race, a he rubbish got... start this race. So yeah, that was it. Yeah. Uh, and then we've got Alfa Tori on 16 points, 20 points back. Alfa Romeo with two random points at the start of the season, which might be their only points. Haas with the one, and then Williams way down the bottom there, still with no points. Um, I'm starting to think Williams aren't going to get any points this season now. I, I, unless we have a crazy yeah. race with lots of retirements, because their race pace is nowhere. And now that they're on about um, the, the engine mode crackdown, have you heard about that? The qualifying modes that they run. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That, yeah. That, that so with that crackdown, is, is that, that is going to screw Williams. Port- is that Portimao or is that? No, it's Bar next race. Spa. Well, it's not been confirmed officially, but um, the FIA have voiced the intention that that's what they're going to do. So from Spa, no engine modes, which is not going to affect Mercedes in the slightest. It's, you don't think? No, I think I don't think they ran their engine modes, their party modes this weekend. Because they oh, right. they were visibly they slight they, they were further away. But Total Wolf was saying that the party modes that they run, five laps running the qualifying mode is equivalent to twenty five laps of extra pace in the race. It's gonna make their race pace stronger and they're still gonna be on pole because they're so far ahead at the moment, it might make things slightly closer. Yeah. But you can you can bet your bottom dollar that Red Bull have got party modes. Yeah. And they won't be able to use them. So it's the the only teams it's really going to benefit potentially Renault and definitely Ferrari. What about McLaren? The Ferrari powered teams will move forward in qualifying, and their oh. race pace is already quite good. So it will benefit Ferrari. It might benefit McLaren and Renault. Yeah. And then Haas and Alpha will probably move ahead of Williams. Yeah. And that's it. Williams will be back at the back again. Do they have party modes then, Williams? Well, they've got a, they've got a Mercedes engine. Oh uh, yeah. So. It'll affect Racing Point. That'll it'll bring Racing Point's qualifying pace back towards the McLarens and the Ferraris and the Re- and the Renaults. So it will help the midfield battle, but it won't affect the top at all. I can't see it. I think it's actually going to help Mercedes because it's going to make their engine more reliable in the race. Yeah. And they're going to be able to run in a higher mode in the race. That's a good point. Idiots. It's just, but, yeah. Look, don't get me wrong yeah, though. I, I am. I am for. There being no party modes overall, yeah. but it's not going yeah, to do should. what they think. But why it's going do, to do they? Why have they decided to do it in the middle of the season? I think it's a it's a mixture of things. People are thinking it's a knee jerk reaction to the to the fact that Mercedes are running away with it, which is part of that. But it's also the whole thing with Ferrari last year. Their um, um, everything I say is alleged uh, and is yeah. and is not based on fact. The fact right. that Ferrari were cheating and pumping extra fuel through the fuel flow and, and everything, that, yeah. that gave them mega party modes on Saturday, which is why they haven't got any party modes in qualifying anymore because they they can't do it with their current engine. So, Which is why their race pace is good, but the qualifying is shocking because they haven't got any party modes. So now they've removed that party mode from the regulations, That's that will stop what Ferrari were doing in future with other teams. And that's yeah. probably... To be honest, this is probably part of Ferrari's doing because part of the settlement with the FIA the secret settlement, the super secret don't tell anyone settlement, was that 
Ferrari would stop what they were doing and they would assist the FIA in policing other people not doing what they were allegedly doing. So they've probably said, if you, if you get rid of party modes, then that means you can't do it. Yeah. So that's probably what they've done. And now that's screwed up Mercedes. Well, not screwed up Mercedes at all. But as I said, I'm actually for there being no party modes. I quite like the idea that you set your you set yeah. your race up in qualifying for the race. And that's how it always has been. And that's how it yeah. should be, I think. And that's good. But it's not going to do yeah, what they Instead of having a do. separate, whole separate setup. Yeah. It's not gonna. It's not gonna bring the. It's not gonna bring everyone closer together, which is a shame. But no. there we go. So how do we do on predictions? Part two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why am I even bothering? Well, you didn't I'm glad I don't have to worry about this week. I mean, of course I did all right because you pick up Vettel, Verstappen, or Bottas in the top three, you automatically get a point. Mm. You know, well, guaranteed. Not everyone gets a point. Because our guest predictor this week, Angus, got zero. <laughs> Sorry, Angus. I think he was having a laugh. He had Perez for pole. He had Russell for fastest lap. He's obviously been listening to you. And then, um, obviously... A... <laughs> yeah, what have we learned? Don't listen to me. Yeah, obviously a Ferrari and future Ferrari fan. He had Vettel first, Sainz second, Grosjean third. So no points, I mean, Angus. to be fair, he didn't have far off with Vettel in first. You know, he was going in the right direction. Well, seventh first is not really... Yeah, uh, Pe- Perez for pole, that was probably the closest thing that was going to happen there. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, Perez... So, sorry, mate, you're last. Keep playing, though. Um, then we've got In the Room Where It Happens. Uh, second was yourself, Carl. You had Bottas for pole. No. You had Verstappen for fastest lap. No. Bottas winner, one point. Verstappen second, three points. Leclerc third, no points. So, four points. And then I was five with a pole for Hamilton, which was a point. Alvin fastest lap. He's going to sort himself out, I said. That's what I said last week. Yeah. <laughs> um, Hamilton win, three points. Bottas second, one point. Perez third. Uh, five points for me there. How did everyone else do? Uh, we had... Darren. Darren, you got ten points, mate. Well done. The so only thing you got wrong no. was Hamilton. Hamilton for fastest lap he had. That was good. Well, I've, I'm now learning. If Hamilton get, If Hamilton wins, I have a feeling Bottas will try and go for fastest lap. Every time now, yeah, yeah, That's pretty my much. Feeling in that situation, so my hint, my my insight would be: if you're going for Hamilton on pole, don't go for Hamilton for fastest lap, unless he gets the uh, what they call the Grand Slam, pole fastest lap and the win. Mm, yeah, which but, he did do. Yeah, last week, didn't he? he? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That might just okay. shit in my grave. Yeah. So um, we've got um, Angela was second out of the online predictors with seven points, uh, had Norris the fastest lap there, and Perez for second. Apart from that, had Hamilton and Bottas in the correct positions and Hamilton for pole. So really good, apart from the uh, the Norris-Perez predictions there. And then Bez um, had, had Hamilton for the win, Hamilton for pole, Bottas fastest lap, and Bottas second, and just Ricardo for third. So what does that do for the table? Uh, in the room, I've stretched my lead up to 20, what, six, yeah, right. 27, something like that. Uh, and then the guest predictor has come back towards you with 21, and then you're currently in 19, just two points behind now. So 
you can well, get. I up might to... actually be able to be the guest picture. Jesus yeah. Christ! Yeah. I mean, that changes so every week. What's that done for the uh, for the overall leaderboard? Well, it's put Darren way up in the lead with thirty one, uh, and then second <laughs> here comes the rocket phone. <laughs> yeah. Might as well post it to him now. Yeah. Uh, I'm there now with second with 21. And then Bar DHL, got, of course. Of course, yeah. As uh, and then we've got F1 sponsors. Bez and Angela tied on 26 yeah. in third. And then there's Jesus. no one else particularly close. You, we've got uh, about six points back is the next one. We've got Emily, yourself, Daryl and Ben are all kind of just kind of hovering around there. Um, yeah. Angus, you know where, mate, you're lost. Uh, well, you were still in the top 10, to be fair. Uh, so you hang it on, hang it on to that top 10 position. Uh, yeah, so that is the Prediction League. You can still join in. Uh, go on to www.monkeyseatpod.com. We're up to 11 points now for a bonus for joining. Um, so if you want to join in, uh, go, to, go to the website, click on the prediction page. Just select your pole position, fastest lap, first, second, and third. Three points for correct podium position, one point for actually just being correct with the driver. Um, fastest lap, one point, pole position, one point. So 11 points a week, and you get an 11-point bonus just for signing up, um, which means you actually have an outside chance of then coming back and winning the fabulous Rockets IO10 3D phone. Is it IO10? Is that what it was? Yeah. Yes, and you Bluetooth earbuds as well. So fabulous prize from Rocket there. Um, so thank you again to Rocket for providing that as a prize. Um, we will potentially have a second prize as well, uh, which will not be of the same value, but will still be quite funky and cool. So um, if we get that second prize, then I will announce that in the coming weeks. So they're still worth playing. Um, nice. And given the fact that I'm second and I can't win, then whoever's third has got a good chance of getting that second that second prize. Um, and I won't finish in second either. I'll fall away. <laughs> I, I'm all about the sprint. Yeah. So yeah, yeah that's, that's the prediction league. Um, yep, you can get in touch with us with your predictions on the socials at monkeyseatpod um, or email at monkeyseatpodcast.gmail.com as well. Get in touch. Tell us, tell us you, we're you right. Tell us we're wrong. Us. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, just get in touch with us. Tell us if um, if we're right, if we're wrong. Um, just be nice. Don't swear at us because we'll cry. Um, also, uh, next off. week, <laughs> we've, got, <laughs> we've got no race this weekend. No Formula One race this weekend. But we do have an Indy 500. And we do have the review of the f- end of the Formula E Championship with the six races in nine days. So that's going to be our focus next week. We're not even going to mention Formula 1 apart from our predictions. So we will have to touch on it. Yes. So we'll be doing our predictions next week. We need a guest predictor. So anyone out there listening, even if it's your first week, you want to join in this week. If you want to be the guest predictor next week, get in touch and we will we will pick you someone at random. You get two goes of the shot, yeah. Yeah, yeah you, get, you can send us your guest predictor uh, predictions and then you can put different predictions in for yourself for your actual game as well. Um, get in touch and we will pick someone at random to be our guest predictor for next week so yeah get in touch through all the ways yep. that we said anything else you want to talk about in Formula 1 or should we uh, go to Formula 2 let's move on to Formula 2 because I think I'll just start laying into Ferrari even more and I'll lose the world to live <laughs> yeah we, let's try and keep it semi semi family it's a family show this just like Saucy Jack and the Space Vixens uh, myself and Carl co-directed a show, a musical called Saucy Jack and the Space Vixens. It's basically a Rocky Horror in space. Uh, and Carl famously said on the first rehearsal, it's a family show. 
Yeah. And it was the auditions, wasn't it? It's a family show. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> we did it. We it did is a family PC show version of the show. Yeah. No, there's, there's no, no, there's swearing, no swearing in it but, at um, all. We... Yeah, there's no swearing. There's there's no there's innuendo, but there's no actual. There's loads of sexual, sexual innuendo. Anything. There's adult humour, if you will, but it is. There's there's, a... there's, there's a guy yeah, with a bubble wrap anyway. fetish who gets half naked Strap on stage. On my... Yeah, anyway, I won't go any further. Yeah. Anyway, less said about that show, the better. It's a great show. If you don't know it, Saucy Jack and the Space hey, Vixens. Look it up. Um, look for Irvin Shankmeister on Facebook. Uh, it will tell you exactly where uh, <laughs> where all the um, all the shows are, when they're on. Obviously, there's no shows on at all at the moment, but um, whenever it's on locally, I always try and get to go and see it because it's a fabulous show. Really, really good. I suppose I suppose there's Dr. Wackoff. Yeah, family show. <laughs> Bunny Lingus. Jubilee Climax, Analabia. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Chesty Prospects. Hey, we're a family show. We're a family show. We're a family show. Yeah, it's a family show. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Don't worry, Tom will be all 80s with us yes, in the near future. I will be, as I am directing a show in March, uh, The Wedding Singer in March, which will be fantastic. So very much looking forward to doing that. With Crowthorn oh, Musical yeah. Players, 80s, tickets will it? be available at southfieldpark.org.uk. Uh, I will be plugging it nearer the time. Great show. Come and see <laughs> it. Anyway, should we talk about motorsport? Do I have to? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you have to. Yes. Um, yeah, uh, motorsport then. So Formula 2. Uh, good races. Really good races, I have to say. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, it was really good. Well, that's right. because they... They they just do crazy overtaking in F two. Yes, they don't really kind of, give a shit. Yeah. Are they so, slightly skinnier cars as well? Um, I think yeah, they are slightly smaller than the Formula One cars, but that I mean they are still aero, quite aero dependent, but um, much more than they used to be. But given that they're a spec series, they can run that little bit closer because they are designed to run closer. Because you know when you've got someone designing a car, yeah. they're going to try and make yeah, the car as quick as possible. Same. They don't care about the weight coming off the back. Whereas the Formula 2 cars are designed, A, to cope better with wakes, and B, create less of a wake at the back. So they yeah. they are easier to follow and easier to race. But uh, So the race itself, Callum Eiler and Robert Schwartzman shared the front row for the feature race. Uh, Schumacher, Tickton, Mazapan were the highest starting drivers on the alternate strategy, 5th, 8th and ninth, respectively, which is where they start on the harder tyres. Uh, Schwartzman reacted quicker to the lights jumping Eilat with Schumacher coming alongside them both three wide into turn one. Schwartzman locked both front tyres but somehow avoided contact and Eilat slotted in ahead of Schumacher. Armstrong dropped it into the gravel um, from almost last causing a safety car. Just one lap behind the safety car and then we're back racing again. Snowder passed Aitken for sixth in turn one. Uh, Schwartzman started to struggle on the sauce with Eilot and Schumacher right behind. Eilot took the lead into turn one at the start of lap eight as they both tried to extend the soft stint with Schumacher appearing to be in a box seat when it came to strategy. Schwartzman pitted the next lap allowing Schumacher past. Eilot pitted the next lap trying to avoid trying to avoid the undercut from Schwartzman. He came out a few seconds in front of Schwartzman brilliantly and was able to warm the tyres quickly enough to keep the pace and stay ahead of him. Uh, Guan Yuzhou had a slow pit stop and lost about six seconds. Um, Eilot eked his way back towards Schumacher, who got the hurry up, uh, but then Schumacher bounced over the kerbs and got a swapper on. Uh, he kept it together but lost about three seconds as a result. The pendulum looked to be swinging back towards Eilot as he couldn't 
as Schumacher couldn't handle the tyres, but ideally needed to go at least another seven laps on hards to make the strategy work. Tichman tich, Tichton bitched about something, but I wasn't really listening. Uh, Eilot passed Tichton for third, only four and a half <laughs> seconds off the leaders before they pitted. Schumacher came in early on lap 23 for softs, needing them to last 14 laps when the longest stint up to that point was seven. It looked, for this point, it looked like Schumacher was just going to drop like a stone. Schwartzman was still showing good pace, but wasn't able to get through the traffic as well as Eilot, who was screaming up the field. Drogovic was was much better through the traffic and then passed Schwartzman from nowhere. Eilot passed Mazepin for the lead. Alessi got tagged by Galeil and stalled, causing a safety car. Uh, this was the luck that Schumacher needed to come back into play because um, it meant that the field all got condensed up again. Eilot incredibly came out for a, came in for a second stop to get the benefit of a quick stop. Given that he'd just taken the lead, uh, it looked like he was just going to run to the end and just run away with it. He had the pace for it, but... Um, he came in for a um, for another set of tyres, which is an unheard of strategy, really. So he's fitting a second set of soft tyres. Drugovic now led with Sonoda uh, second and Eilot third. Drugovic opened opted to make his pit stop behind the safety car and dropped to ninth. Schumacher climbed to sixth, just behind Schwartzman. Mazepin and Matsushita battled for third, and then Matsushita barged past Eilot. They were side by side for three turns until Eilot had to concede, but it led to Schwartzman opportunistically hopping past Eilot. Uh, Joe and Drugovic came past Schumacher who was starting to run out of grip on the older soft tyres Matsushita who started 18th took the lead from Sonoda with Schwartzman almost nipping past Roy Nissany fresh from his F1 practice then ploughed into the wall in sector 1 causing another safety car this caused the race to be time limited <laughs> and we only had one lap of racing left at the end Eilot who was desperate to get past Sonoda for the last spot on the podium um was um, was desperately trying to get past, and some rugged defence from Sonoda pushed Mazepin ahead, and he dropped another place to fifth. Mazepin threw it past Sonoda for third, and the resulting chaos saw Joe pass Eilot and Sonoda. Um, as if things couldn't get any worse, Mick Schumacher then got past Eilot as well. Uh, he was absolutely distraught. He was absolutely distraught in this because he had the pace to win the race by a country mile, and then just through bad luck and a little, little bit of... Um, little bit of uh, rugged defending, he'd found himself back in seventh. Matsushita, the luckiest man in the world, won the race from Schwartzman and, Maz- and Mazepin. A chaotic last turn saw the rest of the points finishers crossing the line very close together, and Eilot rescued sixth from Schumacher, but he was um, promoted to fifth in the end as Mazepin had a five-second penalty. Galel stopped in the last sector because he ran out of Kentucky Fried Chicken. And that was the end of the uh, that was the end of the F two race. It was a mental race. It was so good. I felt so sorry for Isla. He was almost crying at the end because he was he had so much pace and just just ended up fifth. But Sonoda winning again. It's not some winning, but like getting Sonoda. past again. Uh, he was Matsushita I third. I mean, Sonoda's a, a really exciting driver. I think. I really think he um, is. Yeah, I mean, he. I, I said at the start of the season, I thought he was good, but then he just wasn't and now he seems to be picking it up again he is yeah he is definitely showing he's got something he's had a lot of bad luck this year i lot had a had to say had really bad luck there galail was just i don't even see why he's even there to be honest he's just um i read an article about galail actually (laughs) um on on reddit uh basically his dad is the franchise owner of kentucky fried chicken in uh where is it he's from same place as oh is that why he's sponsored by kfc yeah, um, Indonesia. He's is that from why Indonesia. he's sponsored by KFC? 
yeah. So basically, um, his his dad um, is has got he's put a lot of money into Red Bull as well. So um, he's got close relationships with what was the Toro Rosso team. He's had a couple of tests in Toro Rosso, but not as a Red Bull young driver because he's just crap basically. Um, and his dad has said in the Indonesian yeah. media that it looks like Galil is not going to be in Formula 1 anytime soon because the politics of Formula 1 have changed. He's quoted as saying that in the past, you could do a deal with Bernie and then you would be able to get your car, you get your, get your driver in a car. But now you can't do yeah. that because it's all about boardroom um, and it's all down to money. So hang on. It's if you're having a conversation with yeah. Bernie Eccleston about getting a driver in a car in Formula 1, I guarantee the... The biggest factor in that conversation is money, not about talent. Yeah, it's about money because yeah. that's what Bernie was about. So he's just yeah, he, but now has, it's more about it's not just about money, and that's what they're saying. It, it, the money that yeah, and and because it's a boardroom, it now has to yeah. be done. He can't buy you, his he way in. He can't handles. grease Bernie's palm to get a, to get an under the hand handshake deal done to get him into Formula One. Yeah. And like the Indonesian media are like yeah. up in arms about it. But it's like, well, I'm sorry, he's he's not very good. If he was good, then I'd be like, yeah. yeah, get him into Formula One. But he's not. He's terrible. Yeah. Anyway, race two, <laughs> not quite as crazy as race one. Um, Alesi stalled oh. on the parade lap and had to be pushed into the pits for a pit lane start. Giotto started from reverse group pole but got passed by Drugovic. Schumacher was looking to take second but got passed by Eilat for third. Drugovic pulled out a two-second lead at the end of at the end of lap one, and Armstrong was the biggest winner, gaining five places on the opening lap up to sixteenth. The only other action in the first nine laps was Lungard passing Delatraz for tenth. Cars were worried about graining, so they were all driving, conserving their tires. Lap twelve, and Ilock closed the gap on Giotto and began to push. He had uh, he had a passing attempt on lap fifteen, but couldn't get through, and Schumacher sat behind watching with interest. Aiken and Tictum and Schwartzman opted to pit for softs, which is quite rare for the sprint race. You don't often see pit stops, yeah. but they were losing a lot of time. Uh, Schumacher passed Eilot, who had damaged his tyres following too closely. Machishita and Joe went wheel to wheel, and Joe got a puncture. Uh, Snowder passed Eilot, who had no pace left, and he'd used his other set of soft tyres in the first race. You only get three sets for the whole weekend. So he, he had no tyres to go to. He had to hold it out. Uh, Machishita closed up. And some seriously impressive defending from Eilot held him off for over a lap, but he eventually got past. Mazepin made short work of Eilot, however, passing him on a couple of turns later. PK was next to pass Eilot, and uh, in, in the last point... Is just going backwards, lap, yeah. Yes, he was, yeah. And Drugovic won by a clear 10 seconds and was brilliant. He was um, absolutely fantastic up front. Yeah, and then Lungard passed Eilot on the last corner to take the final point, or so he thought. He left the track just before the move and was given a five-second penalty, promoting Eilot back up to eighth. <laughs> Sean Galel wasn't in the race as he felt a bit sicky-wicky. Yeah. Um, no one missed him, though, because he would have only, he would have been last anyway. So, um, I'm starting to become a bit of a fan of Callum Eilot. I mean, it's pretty obvious in my race reviews that he's kind of like the one that I'm following most, yeah. but he's just been fantastic. Like His racing, he's improved so much. I do think that this year has got to be his year. If he doesn't win it this year, then he may end up missing out and falling through the cracks because Schwartzman looks every bit as good as him, but he's a rookie. It's his first year on these tyres. It's his first year in Formula yeah. 2, whereas Eilat was in Formula 2 last year. So I think he's got to make hay now. Um, 
With regards to the driver of the day, I think I've got to give it to Drugovic for his sprint race performance because it was fantastic. I wanted to give it to Callum Eilert because he had such bad luck. Um, but then he just he couldn't make the overtakes work. Both races, he just couldn't get the overtakes to work. So um, that that's not just bad luck. That's got to be down to him as well. So he can't get driver of the day. Um, dick of the day um, was tyre wear. Because tyre wear in the sprint race, everyone was driving to a delta um, because they didn't want to run out of tyres, except for the people that didn't care yeah. and just stopped. But even they couldn't do anything with it. It was just... Yeah, it's just it just didn't work. The tires just didn't work, and that was a real shame because it ruined the sprint race. the The feature race was so good, and the sprint race was just terrible. Formula Two, we're not entirely certain how long the season is yet. <laughs> we've got ten <laughs> races true, planned. Really. We've got ten races planned. Uh, we've got Spa, Monza, Mugello, at the moment, and Sochi. They're finished at Sochi, isn't they? Yeah. yeah, but there's um that's ten races. I th- I think they're hoping to get Bahrain and Abu Dhabi as well. But I'm not sure yet. They, they still don't even know. They're not 100% sure themselves. Yeah. But the way that leaves it now is Callum Eilot is leading on 121 points. Schwartzman has cut into his lead uh, down to 103. He was lucky that Schwartzman didn't score particularly well. He only outscored him by a couple of points because he didn't get any points mm-hmm. in the second race. Um, Lungard had a pointless weekend, which oh, is rubbish. which keeps him third. So Eilot was very lucky that the, the top scorers were kind of all over the place. You know, Matsushita was the top scorer and he even with his 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 thirty three points, he's only got forty two points and he's still twelfth in the championship. So somehow that, Tictum's above him. <laughs> yeah. Uh PK got his first points um at that race. He's he's now in eighteenth with that. Um hang on, why is PK in eighteenth in the table with two points and yet you've got oh no no sorry I'm looking at wrong. I've, I thought he was ahead of people that had no points. I'm just looking at the table wrong. Um, yeah, so he's he's very lucky he's still up there. You say you, um, Lungard third, Sonoda up to fourth. Mick Schumacher had a reasonable weekend with 18 points. That puts him up to fifth. Um, he closed in on Ireland. Oh, he's he's catching up for a. Well, yeah, he uh, that closed... puts him in for the pro- in, in for the yeah, but that puts him up for, for super um, license. super license. Yeah, but I, I do he think um, looking at the people behind him, Joe. I think has shown more natural Mazipan. Mazepin, Mazepan. I still don't know how to pronounce it. He's he's a funny one. I'm not sure. He had a bad Mazepin. start and he's been showing a bit of consistency now. He might be up there. I'm not sure yet. Drugovic has been fairly consistent. Um, Delatraz is always a risk. Tictum won't be anywhere. Um, no. But yeah, so it's. I mean, he is up there. He's in the top eight, like for drivers. So if yeah. he can get a bit of luck. He's he's traditionally had quite bad luck, Mick Schumacher. So if he can get a bit of luck, then he might well be able to, uh, to get into wish him positions. all the bad luck. I don't want yeah. him in Formula One. I want him in <laughs> Formula One if he's good enough to be in Formula One. If he isn't, I yeah, don't but want not when there's Callum Eilat and Schwartzman there, and even Lingard. Yeah, I think those three are better than him. And I think Snowder, Snowder, I think I, Snowder and Joe yeah, are better than him as well. Really, I'm not too sure. But I mean, you got to give him a shot. See how he does. If he wins a couple of races, he's still only ever won one race in F2, and that was last season, and that was a sprint race. He's <laughs> never won a feature race. You've got to be able to win feature races to, for me to be able to get into Formula One. Yeah. Because if you don't, then you, you're not you're not up to it. Which Eilat has, Schwartzman has, through, mm. but that's it. Oh, no, and Snowder. So before we move on to F3, should we just and touch on the IndyCar? 
Marco Andretti um, got pole with uh, a top speed, with an average speed of 231.088 miles, which I think was the quickest ever. I know he did set the quickest ever time, but that was on qualifying day one. Those Andretti cars, because um, it's his granddad who owns the team, Mario, um, are, um, are so quick. They are so quick. Yeah. They're looking really good. So he's he's on pole there. And Scott Dixon managed to pull it up to second for Ganassi. Uh, and Taku Sato managed to get up to third. So he's on the front row um, for um, Rahal Lessman Racing. Renus VK, fantastic performance, row two. Um, Ryan hunter Ray also up there with James Hinchcliffe alongside him. So that's at the top six, you've got three Andretti cars. Alex Palou. Brilliant for row, row three. Um, then Graham Rahal and Alexander Rossi. That was the top nine. Um, I actually, first time ever, I watched the Indy 500 qualifying or some of it. I didn't catch all of it, unfortunately. I didn't catch any of the Fast 9 qualifying, but it was actually quite interesting. Um, one car out at a time, do their four-lap average. So they just drive around drive around and do four fast laps, and then the average time is what their time is. And just seeing these cars taking these turns at like 215 miles an hour round a turn. It's insane. Yeah. Absolutely insane. Um, yeah. Uh, Fernando Alonso, 25th. 26th. 26th. Well done, Nando. 26th. Max Max Chilton in 30th. Uh, yes, he is. That's not bad for Chilton. <laughs> um yeah, uh, James Davison. I think he was the knobhead who took Stefan's place. Oh, good. Simon Pagano, look, way down there in 25th. Yeah. So Fernando Alonso is actually the third fastest McLaren, which is something he didn't even manage when he was in Formula 1. We've <laughs> got Paso Awards qualified on row 5 and Oliver Askew qualified on row 7. And then there's Nando down there on row 9. So looking at this, we've got uh, Ben Hanley from the UK in last place. Yep. Bring up the rear for the Brits. Then uh, he got Chilton just a few ahead of him. And Jack Harvey. Yep, Jack Harvey. He's he's a bit higher up. Uh, yeah, so you've got Chilton yeah. as well. And then you've got... I think that's it for the Brits, actually. I don't think there's any more. No, that's it. Okay, so I think that just that's what we'll... That's kind of where we'll leave it for the 500 at the moment. I'm really looking forward to watching the race. Uh, I'm going to try and watch him start to finish, which I have never done with an Indy 500 before. What um, time's it on? Uh, it is... You ask me questions after I just close down the window. It's Sunday evening. I know that. Um, it's um, 1pm Eastern Standard Time, cool. so that makes it's it... 8 o'clock or something. 6pm. 6pm. Oh, yeah, 7. BST. Is no, five, 5, for, five from Eastern. Oh, Okay. I spend my life dealing with Eastern Standard Time. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't. So, um, yeah, I spend my life dealing with Eastern Standard Time. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's five hours. Um, so, yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah, are you going to watch it? When is it? This weekend? Yes. It's this Saturday, isn't it? It is um, I'm, Sunday. I'm, Sunday I'm, I might, because I'm... Oh, Sunday. I might, because I'd be slightly hungover back home and the wife will be working. So, yes, probably. I'll send you a reminder to watch it. Yes. It'd be yes. quite cool to watch it. 
We could we could watch it on Skype together. Yeah, I do. Oh no! Well, I've still have the kids uh, running around well, screaming. We can, so. they, they they can learn. They can learn. They've watched enough Formula One. Yeah, he's definitely gonna he's definitely gonna grow up to be a Formula One fan. I'm gonna buy him a go kart. I think she's probably. I think she'll probably be more of the Formula One fan than him. Really? Mm. Okay. Well, I'll buy Aubrey a, we'll yeah, a go kart then. <laughs> we'll see. Formula Three. Logan's, Logan Sargent started on the front row for his third straight pole position. Um, Fernandez struggled to get away off the line and fell back to eighth. Novalak passed Piastri and then Viscal dropped it into the gravel, causing a safety car on lap one. Lap three in the safety car returned to the pit. Sargent defended well from Hughes, who was ready to pounce. Uh, the two pulled out of DRS from Lawson within the first lap after the restart. Very impressive. Piastri retook the position from Novelak, taking him by surprise with an opportunistic lunge. That sounds quite sexy. Deleda spun out um, lap five, uh, coming around the final chicane, but was able to continue. Lap six, DRS was re-enabled, and Hughes took full advantage and passed Sargent in turn one at lap seven. Another driver error from Fernandez gifted Nanini ninth place. Vesti stopped on track, causing a second safety car on lap nine. Uh, at the restart, Piastri went wide and lost a few places, dropping back to sixth. Beckman and Novelak passed him before the start line, but the stewards didn't penalise them as Piastri had technically left the track, so overtaking was safer than slamming on the brakes. Hughes quickly broke the DRS from Sargent and started to pull a two-second gap and m- managing his tyres from there. Lawson launched his assault and closed, closed up on Sargent. And Sargent defended well, but without DRS to defend, he was always going to lose out to Lawson. The pass finally coming on lap 20. Hughes cruised to victory with a stunning win. Uh, Beckman, Piastri and Porcher battled till the line, finishing in that order with Nanini getting reverse grid pole and his first F3 point. He is now beating brother David, who was in the race too, somewhere. I think he went through the gravel at one point, but I can't be sure. <laughs> so Still that, with no points. Yeah, so that, yeah, that, that, that was race one. Uh, it's reasonable, reasonable. But uh, what compared to the F2 feature race, it was nothing. But it was better than the F3 sprint, F2 what sprint race. Um, it was great. To, great race from Hughes. He was um, he was brilliant. He was really good. Yeah. Um, I found out about about um, Hughes. I didn't know this about him. He was um, he started really late. He didn't ever race a go kart until he was 17 years old. Um, and then he loved it and started moving into it, and 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 that's why he's a lot older than the rest of the field. He's I think he's twenty three or something, twenty three, twenty four. Oh. So um, he might even be older than that. So he's he's got the the maturity, but not the experience. Yeah, which is quite interesting. So he's like an old style Formula One driver, you know, the ones that would start late and then come into come into Formula One in their late twenties, early thirties, like what Damon Hill yeah. did. Um, so yeah, that was quite interesting. So he probably will never make it to F one because he hasn't got the experience and he hasn't got the backing. Um, yeah. But he will be a perennial top of the grid support yeah. race driver. Um, so it'd be good to see him have a crack at F two. That'd be nice. Um, but yeah. So race two was good to see Nanini starting from pole. Uh, he was squeezed by Vashore on the start, allowing Peroni to get through and take the lead. Um, Piastri from fifth made an amazing start to take him into the lead into turn three with Nanini retaking second shortly after. 
Behind them, chaos as Hauger tagged the back of Porcini, which led to Futrell and Caldwell both taking avoiding action and crashing. Uh, the other two who actually <laughs> caused the incident carried on. The resulting safety car stayed out for five laps and Piastri held the lead at the restart. Doohan tried to pass Novelak for 11th, but Novelak hung him out to dry. What a junk, what a joke, bunch of numpties. Uh, Deleda, I will let that one go. Um, Deleda retired. Let it go, let it go. Yeah, Sorry. I'll let it go. Deleda retired with, bleh, who knows. <laughs> Seems to be a lot of random retirements in F3, considering that they're all off-the-shelf cars. Um, yeah. I, would, I would ask for a refund if I were me. Um, <laughs> Brother David come in for a new nose after hitting Malvastiti, fighting for 98th place. Uh, half distance <laughs> and Piastri led for one and a half by one and a half seconds, holding position just outside DRS, conserving the tyres. Peroni passed Nanini for second under DRS at turn one. Malvastiti caused us caused a is this a second or a third safety car? I think it's the second, isn't it? Uh, retiring in the gravel, wiping out Piastri's three second advantage. Safety car only lasted for one lap and Peroni attempted to stay with Piastri. Dewan suddenly seemed to lose pace and dropped two places on lap 18 and had the train forming behind him. Piastri and Peroni broke the DRS out, out front and Peroni's engineer told him to get closer and he replied with, leave me alone! Which is quite funny. <laughs> uh, Piastri made a great recovery and won brilliantly. Uh, considering he started fifth, that was a really good effort. Uh, Nanini got a well-deserved first podium in F3 and Sargent... Um, had uh, had a quiet race, but he gained three places up to fifth place. Um, yeah. Drive of the day, I think Jake Hughes for his for his race one performance, uh, or potentially Piastri for his race two performance. I think I'll probably give that as a tie. Um, I what I did like though is when Hughes won the first race, um, he came over the radio and said that one's for Anton, referring to Anton Huber, who died pretty much a year ago today. Um, which was yeah, well. uh, quite a fitting tribute because they were good friends. Uh, Dick of the day, I thought Piastri for his first race, but his race two was awesome. So um, David Schumacher, just just because, just because, just because. The Dick of the day is just David Schumacher. It's Schumacher <laughs> by proxy. Just because, yeah. There's no obvious one. So what does that do for the standings? Logan Sargent. I'll tell you what. I really like Logan Sargent. He's an American and he's a good driver. Um, and I want to see a good American driver get to Formula One. And it's a long way off, but he is a good driver. And I and he's a point ahead of Piastri. He's taken the lead in the championship yeah. after this weekend. Um, those two are running away with it. Um, 32 points ahead of Lawson. On 99, David Beckman having a quiet but interesting season up on 94 and a half points. Uh, Thierry Portier very, very quietly doing very well as well in eight, with 80 points in fifth. Mm -hmm. And then we've got Vesti, Hughes, Peroni, Vashore. And then a little bit further back, you've got Novalax and Delhi, Viscal, Fernandez. Blah, 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 blah. Way down, way down, back down. We've had 21 La, points. Blah, 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 blah. 21 points finishes we've had, and then in 23rd we got David Schumacher on them. Um, and then you've got Alessio <laughs> Deleda is actually 32nd. So F3, we do actually have a finish point for F3, and that is Mugello. So we've got we've got Spa, Monza, and Mugello, and then that's it for F3. That's the championship. Are you sure? Yes. How did you know that? All because right. they said it. All right. Well, if, if it isn't, then I'm blaming Alex Jakes, who's the commentator, because he said that. So, well, what's he know? Yeah, well, he knows quite a lot. Um, so with with that, with three races to go, you've got to say it's between Piastri and Sargent. Um, 
and I think both of them will be in F2 next year. Probably Lawson as well, because Lawson's F, uh, a Red Bull junior driver. So I can see him being moved up. So those three, I think, you'll probably see in F2 next year. Probably Beckman and Portier as well, because um, I can't see them not be, not moving up. Hughes, I'd like to say, would move up. But um, again, just whether we've got the budget or not, I'm not really sure. Yeah. But yeah, nice. it's, um, again, uh, quite quite interesting for F2. That was F3, rather. That was quite interesting. Um, I'm quite yeah. looking forward to the finale of F3. Firstly, because then it's over, and secondly, because it's uh, it's it's <laughs> going to be quite an interesting finish. I'm quite looking forward to like seeing seeing a yeah, championship race finale. Right, right it's going to be so weird. Like we only yeah. started six weeks ago, um, or seven weeks ago, we started this season, and we're already talking about like the last three rounds of the F3 season. Yeah. It's going to be over in a month. So yeah, it's no, it like ten, quickly, a, ten, it? a ten week championship. I'm quite looking forward to that because that's like it's so condensed, so challenging. And what's it normally? Uh, well, it's, it's it follows the F1, but it only does the European rounds. It normally does between eight and ten okay. races, um, and then uh, yeah. and then finishes finishes wherever the European season finishes. So normally, sort of Russia or somewhere like that. I don't think they normally. No, I don't think they go to Abu Dhabi. Pretty sure they don't go yeah. to Abu Dhabi. Um, cool. Anything so, else? So we've got next no, week. We're going to be I doing our Formula so, E and our IndyCar special. Um, yes. Are you going to be reporting on the Formula E races? Yes. Yes. Which was a while so back. <laughs> I, will, Oops. Oh. I will hand over to you next week for the uh, oh, for the Formula God, E, and then I'll and then I'll do the IndyCar. So you're in charge next week. Cool. Because you've got six race reviews no, to do. Us. Six races. Six races and a champion. Fancy giving us a spoiler? No. <laughs> because because there was an obvious winner. I think I know who it is. I haven't watched the yeah. races, but I think I know um, who it is. He, he, rose for, he drives for, um, I mean, DS Cheetah. Yeah. Anyway, we're having some uh, technical issues at the moment with, uh, with internet internet uh, being slow and constantly talking over each other more so than we do normally so we'll probably have to wrap it up there I think yeah um, yep get in touch with us give us um, give us things to talk about moan at us tell us how wrong we are join our prediction league win a wonderful rocket phone and earbuds and also a second prize which we'll be announcing hopefully very soon provided we can guarantee we get it um, which I didn't even know about was that monkey seat pod I'm sure I've told you about oh, it oh is it that one yes I did know about that yeah okay Cool. Um, yep, yeah, that's it for this week. Uh, we will see you for the 500 next week. And the Formula E. And the Formula E. Right, see you later. Night, night. Love you. Love you, Killian. <laughs>